A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by your new Real Jams champion, Luke Owen D A D. It's good to have the Jam one back on my shoulder, Big Jammy, the original Jammy on my on my shoulder. Just seeing it in person again. Of course, it's been in my flat, but seeing it alongside Pete's championship. Hot damn, it's a pile of crap. Oh, no, but it's the real title. It's the real one, though. It's the real one. It holds the respect. Yeah, absolutely it does. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked. I've got some deep burns. You've been at the gym today. Yeah. No, no, no. On Tuesday, on my day off, I thought, hot damn, I haven't done any form of physical exertion since November. Mm -hmm. And my lady partner has gotten very into F45. Isn't that what you get when you get like fired or something? No, no, that like a P forty five. No, this is there's one of them on the canal outside. Mm. It is uh, an Australian fitness brand. The uh, Aussies are just taking over this country at this point, aren't they? All of their TV shows seem to be dominating our networks. They do it better, you know, like how we do everything better than the Americans. Yeah, and you know they take all our formats. Yeah, and make them worse. But uh, the Australians take our formats and make them better. Mm. Married at First Sight, one of the best things to happen to pop culture this decade. Um, yeah, just, but look, just imagine what they'll do with first dates. Look at Clapham. That that became Australia <laughs> like six years ago. It's just Australians there now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's an exercise class. The theory is you can go every day of the week the way they structure the workouts, and you just hammer it for 45 minutes. It's like a production line of fitness where you move from station to station and there's this video of a guy called Corey in front of you who does the exercise and you you follow along. So it's Joe Wicks. Yeah, but probably before Joe Wicks. But yeah, essentially... That's what Joe Wicks was doing during the pandemic. He was doing that, yeah. He was doing little trumps before he started his live streams. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, But so, so... all of a sudden, despite me being the fittest person in the relationship, for 
the whole time. Which is remarkable because she's in the circus. Yeah. I had a Christmas fat period. (laughs) (laughs) And I've just not cared. Mm. Haven't been to the gym. And then she she recognized this and she's starting to enjoy her time on top. So you've been, uh, so to speak. So you've now been seeing it as a competition. No, well, yeah, it's becoming that way. But I, I've been fat shamed. What? No, who fat shamed? Did she fat no, shame you? She's fat shaming me. No, every day. I think she's doing it ironically. It's getting to me. I am unsurprised. It's yeah. getting to me. So I I'm went. Text her now. I went to. She'll she'll go. I'll, I'll eat something. You know, like because I've not been. <laughs> I've just been eating chocolate <laughs> yeah. whenever I like. But you know, when you work from home, you can do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she will no don't don't message her. <laughs> She'll just be like, oh tum tum. Or that going in your tum tum. Oh, that's that's sorry. You can't live that way. And I will, you know, in protest, eat more chocolate, staring her dead in the eye. Mm. Long and short of it is, I went to the gym for the first time on Tuesday. I can't move my legs. When you say you can't move your legs, you want to see me legit get up. Yeah. So this is if I were to get up and not like, you know, I'm not milking this. <sighs> it's just, you know, the doms. Yeah. The doms? The doms. Delayed onset muscle fatigue, uh, oh. whatever it is. Oh, okay. Thought it was something very different. Anyway, that's how I am. How are you? Well, I was all right, I mean, as you well know, when I had my week off, I went for a bike ride, went mountain biking with my brother-in-law. And we picked the intermediate course because I've ridden a bike before. You've ridden on a bike, but you haven't done mountain biking. No, but I like the way that it was written was you can do the green course, which is for beginners or intermediates, which was the blue course. You know, and they just said, like, if you have like if you've mountain bike before. And my argument to that is I used to own a mountain bike. I used to bike to Calcutt from Tylehurst. To the Sainsbury's, where I used to work, and I was like when I was sixteen years old. So I have, I have <laughs> ridden a mountain bike before. Over half your life ago. Yeah, that what and that, like you don't like, you don't forget it, do you? Like, there's literally a phrase for it. What? It's like riding a bike. Oh yeah. So on that path from your house to Sainsbury's, mm-hmm. was there any steep, rocky incline? Oh, there were hills. Yeah. 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 Oh, there were at least two hills on like the to the halfway point. And then on the on the last bit, on the half bit, it's a massive steep like country like lane that I used to have to go down. Mm. It was so steep, I never cycled up it. <laughs> it was too steep to cycle up, so you just had to, you just had to go like you know get off your bike and push it up. Just having seen the Olympics last year and watching a lot of the mountain biking, mm. if I was confronted with a course thing, I would definitely say I'm a beginner in mountain biking. Well. Perhaps hubris got the better of me because what started off as quite a gentle bike ride quickly did become the X Games. Mm. And before I knew it, there were lots of hills and big mountains and single, like, just the width of a bicycle wheel tracks that were, like, ducking and weaving and all over the show. I, at one point, was braking so much and I was going so slow, I nearly came off my bike because I'd lost all movement and momentum. It's like that Taskmaster task with <laughs> the slope where they had to ride a bike really slowly. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I'd got to a point where it was just this, all of a sudden it went like, you know, a little bit steep and then went a real big deep. Mm. So I'd like 
put my and then you know the front wheel goes so the back wheel goes up and you know you're like whoop you're teetering over the edge and you've got to like put your foot down to like stop yourself from going a over t and i did stop myself from going a over t good but i did fall off the bike once when <laughs> before we'd even got to the x games bit my my brother-in-law and i had stopped our bikes to work out where we needed to go next found out where it was and i was like cool set off to go again put my foot back up on the pedal it slipped Uh-oh. so i was like whoop put my foot back down and i'll just try again and when i put my foot down i put it onto a bit of a wet bit of grass it's the ground's fault that was on the, a verge mm. so i sort of it slipped there so my body went down the rest of my body went with me and the bike went with me too and i gave a bit of like a whoop <laughs> <laughs> Was it just a one noise? Just a, or was it, oh, oh, oh. No, I, was, I was like, oh, oh. and then uh, I hit the deck. Um, my brother-in-law found this very funny. Yeah. And I was like, that is quite funny. I just fell off my bike a little bit. It was Scratch City. Oh, yeah, I'll tell oh, you about no. Scratch City all over up down my On legs. the knees? Uh, well, yeah, because I had like bare uh, calves. Are they your bottom bit of your legs? Yeah. Yep, yeah, I had bare calves out. I did it in swim shorts because I went on this holiday where, without a pair of shorts to do mountain biking. So I did it in my mm. swim shorts. We're using my Manscaped anti-chafe boxers. And let me tell you, no chafing. Well, that yeah, at least that part was protected. It certainly was. If only they were long johns. <laughs> I know. And uh, so, yeah, I felt pretty safe when I came around. But then when I got, I woke up the next morning, I was like, oh, my leg is a bit sore. I had a massive bruise on my leg where I'd clearly fallen onto a rock of some sort. How's the legs now? I actually haven't checked. Should I have a look now? Uh, if you're comfortable, you've got quite tight jeans on. Hold on. Oh my god. Luke, this is Oh, that's oh my god. It looks like someone's bit you. How's there no bruise in the middle, then a circle of red, a circle round that of sort of dark purple and then yellow. You can see that, right? Yeah, but I think it's healed a bit now. I think that might be what it is. From the point of impact first? <laughs> Well, I don't know, but I like think you're Wolverine. <laughs> it used to be. It was much darker than that. Like it was a real big, like <laughs> bruise point. Oh man, that's a rough place to get a bruise like that as well. Yeah, it was. It was a touch that's sore. That's tender. It was a touch sore, but I was all right. You know, I lived. So it was fun, really. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, I had a good time. It's just I'm not good with speed. It's a bit scary. Look at us with all our leg, <laughs> leg and sports and fitness stories for you. <laughs> well. Speaking of sports, let's get into some sports entertainment, some mm. pro wrestling. Uh, talking about AEW Dynamite, a show that Ollie Davis hates. Here it is. <laughs> AEW is dead. <laughs> it's finished. I think we can all agree that it's jumped the shark, it's hot-shotted, it's over, unfortunately, but it was good while it lasted. I am, of course, being facetious. I'm playing up that image you'll believe me to think, when really, I love AEW. Let's review this show where Jeff Hardy debuted. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by your new Real Jams champion, Luco in DAD, complete with accessory title belt. Indeed, yeah. Some people would call this the interim title. Those people are wrong. This is the real Jam That Champion. Um, I'm, very, I'm very pleased to have this back on my shoulder one more time. 
be opening up the forbidden board mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, defending this title against Sullivan Bo Brown, if he accepts my challenge, that is. He's out of the country right now. Well, that's why he hasn't accepted my challenge mm. yet. That, and he's obviously afraid of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Ollie, I feel like I've got to come onto this show because... I wasn't there for last week's Dynamite episode when you and Pete came on here live and we said like AEW buying Ring of Honor is the worst bit of news that's happened this year. That was Pete's fault. And, He's too negative. And you said that MJF segment with Punk was stupid and dumb. I, uh, Dude, I watched the show. I heard the pair of you say these exact I words. I like that And bit. then I watched uh, Tempest and Pete talk about Rampage where they also said like, it's a stupid, dumb show and I hate it. And then you and I did our live reactions to Revolution where you were like this show's too long this is boring this is bad and i don't like this and then i had to come on to the revolution show to save our reputation as you and tempest talked about how this was rubbish that was stupid you said at one point and i believe this is a direct quote Keith Lee is lost in the shuffle. He's been there for three weeks and has had three matches. And you're like, nope, this is bad. This is stupid. So I am here to rid this channel of your anti-AEW bias. Take everything nice back I said about you in the championship. (laughs) We've got a sponsor today. We certainly do. Thank you to this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Support WrestleTalk. Support yourself. Uh, so we are very, we take mental health very seriously here on this channel. So please click the link in the video description down below or the one that's being posted by our wonderful moderating team. That's betterhelp.com forward slash wrestle. Use our promo code WRESTLE for 10% off your first month. It is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely. Basically what happens is you'll be assigned a therapist within 48 hours, a licensed one no less, and then you can chat to them in a variety of different ways. Only want to talk over text message? You can do that. Video calls, it's optional for you. You can do it over the phone. There's lots of different ways to do this. BetterHelp wants you to start living a better life today. This episode of AEW Dynamite. Which you hated. We will open with something, yes, I didn't feel was optimum. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get away from that H word. I didn't feel was optimum. Yeah. There's... um. There was a comment at the start of this stream that I saw that really popped me and made me laugh. <laughs> that said, it's so funny to see the WrestleTalk podcast audience turn on Ollie like the AEW fans turned on Cody. Because <laughs> that is what has happened now. Me and Cody, we've always been brothers. <laughs> if Cody's done with them, I'm with you. I'm with you, Cody. <laughs> Where are we going next, baby? WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania, baby. Woo. So this was Jeff Hardy's debut in AEW. Reportedly, I think we've thrown off the scent a tad. Jeff Hardy himself had leaked the news that we already kind of all figured out two weeks ago. In fairness, Matt Hardy, since Jeff Hardy was released, but I was like, hey, man, Hardy boys getting back together. <laughs> like it was every tweet. No one would ask him. He'd be like, hey, man, Hardy boys getting back together. Uh, the sort of indie bookings that had like the whole Hardy Boys reunion was already in the works outside of AEW. Anyway, I think it was reported that the WWE no compete clause actually expired on Wednesday slash Thursday. So he wouldn't be around this week, maybe next week. Swerve, not Strickland, but an actual swerve because Jeff Hardy came out here. This was in a, a you know, of all the, this is my, this is my thing here. Jeff Hardy turning up, cool. Like, yes, Hardy Boys together, the Young Bucks feuds, 
uh, a feud with the Hardy Boys and Darby and Sting, which appears to be what they're setting up first. It'll probably be Team Taz, but you know. Well, they're they're eventually. busy. They're busy at the moment feuding with Keith Lee. The and Nightmare Hook. Factory, then. Well, they're, they're feuding with. I oh, know Hook's part of Team Taz. They're feuding with the Nightmare Factory as well. well so, also, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the, those those they're busy at the moment. Sure. Two point oh. No, they're with they're busy. Uh, so it's in this story of Andrade's sort of slow insertion into the Hardly Hardy fa- Hardly family office. The Hardy family office. The business that Matt Hardy started in AEW. Mm. So out of nowhere, they're all of a sudden in the ring together. Uh, Out of nowhere, they did announce it was happening. Okay, they did announce it was happening, but Matt starts the promo with, you're trying to get me fired. I was like, I don't, really? Because just last week it was all pretty normal and you wrestled the match at the pay-per-view. There's probably some stuff on Twitter. Well then, no. I also wonder if this segment was rushed because a certain William Regal probably went over time with his promo. Hey, I think if if everything stuck to time, there was still way too much in the second hour of this show. So you have a sort of vote of no confidence thing. Only people who had shares in this fictional entity could vote, which didn't include Butcher and Blade. It did not. But Butcher and Blade were out there. But the Bunny and Penelope Ford weren't there. Neither were Hybrid 2. These are all pre-existing members, but they just weren't a part of it. Uh, uh, you say the bunny and Penelope Ford. She part of the family. She definitely joined at one point. Did she? She was tagging no, with the bunny. Yeah, They're no, all she, in. No, she's just tagging with the bunny. She's not part of that. Okay, three of the four people <laughs> weren't there then. This is like when I was watching this with Pete. And he was like, "Well, that doesn't make sense." And I'm like, "Well, no, they explained that on television a few weeks ago." And you're like, "Well, okay, what about that?" Okay. And I'm like, "Well, they explained that on well, television well, as well." Well, I will give you this. Andrade's like, let's all do a thumbs up, thumbs down vote. And Matt Hardy's like, my boys aren't going to vote against me. See, private party put their thumbs up. Matt Hardy turns his back and Batista style down goes the thumbs. And you've got this wonderful, uh, what do they call it? Dramatic irony of Matt Hardy there looking at Andrade being like, they're not going to betray me. And you just see the thumbs up. That was very well done. Then everyone beat up Matt Hardy. Sting and Darby came out to be, to help, not beat up Matt Hardy but to save Matt Hardy I don't know why and then Jeff they're, because they're feuding with the Andrade and the and Matt Hardy yeah so they came down to attack Andrade why would this not be the greatest thing in the world for Darby and Sting the the people they're feuding against have self-combusted because they're still angry at Andrade but they're also still angry at Matt yeah but they're now seeing that Matt has been turned on and is being ganged up on and they are like the vigilantes of AEW who are constantly running down to save people. It's, Owen, you're looking at me saying like, man, it's weird to see Darby Allen and Sting run down to make the save for people because that's happened a lot. No, yeah, I agree with that. To make the save for Matt Hardy, the guy they There's, just they wrestled just, at they, the pay-per-view. They just, seen in, they just saw injustice and they're coming down to, to right the wrongs of the injustice. Matt Hardy has been a thorn in their side injustice-wise for the last couple of months. Yeah. And then they saw him get screwed over and they came down to make the save. Agree to disagree. Why didn't Jeff come out first? Because the next thing to happen is Jeff Hardy comes down to make the save. Because it's a way to uh, swerve the crowd. The crowd started chanting for Jeff to come down. So they brought out Darby and Sting. Makes the crowd think, okay, Jeff isn't here then. And then Jeff comes down to make the save and he gets a bigger pop that way. Okay, well, again, agree to disagree. <laughs> One thing I haven't seen a difference. The, the only- <laughs> Ollie seems to be ignoring all of the stories. 
the one thing that uh, people are defending, well, not they're not the, the only defense I've seen of it is <laughs> that's funny, is when Jeff Hardy made the save for his brother but stopped to do the got to maximize your minutes, the entrance arms. Yeah, thought it was great. Jeff Hardy made the save. He hugged Matt and he had a sort of cool interaction with Sting because, of course, Victory Road back in the day, that was actually very nice. And Darby also stared at Jeff. So you've got multiple matches to happen there. Probably a Jeff, uh, Darby singles and the tag between them all. You do an eight-man tag of the Hardy, Sting and Darby versus oh, Butcher and Blade and Private Party or maybe throw Andrade in there. Sure. Yeah, so I... look. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate wrestling matches too, so uh, <laughs> makes sense to be down on it. Jeff Hardy in AEW makes sense i'm not a jeff hardy guy so maybe like what that the elation everyone else is feeling is is more tied to a nostalgia love for hardy i don't have that as much i just see a lower 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 mid card story that i wasn't into anyway as the weird convoluted setup to jeff hardy making his return of all the ways to bring back jeff this was not the way i would have done it well, that is absolutely fair enough to say that it is not how I would have done it. Because you know what? It's not how I would have done it either. However, this is a storyline they've been telling for some time now. And they have been quite clearly signposting mm. where this storyline is going. And it came to a natural, satisfying point. And now the story can continue on. This isn't a conclusion. It is just the next chapter of this story. So I'm not sitting here being like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why did that happen? This is stupid. They're just rewriting this on the fly. This has been quite clearly panned and mapped out. And I'm totally fine with that. It's consistent storytelling. It is a consistent, relatively long-term story. Yeah, and it's just, it's a lower mid-card story. For, I agree. I can't fold it for that. Um, I think it's a bad story. But that's, that's absolutely fine. It's not a story I'm like hugely into. I've, I've been enjoying, <coughs> this is the most I've enjoyed Andrade on uh, in AEW though, because I like this sort of, oh, like, yeah. like, you know, the Mr. Stinks stuff, like, how you know? You know, yeah. like all this sort of stuff. I think that's very, it's the most fun Andrade seems to be having since he came into the company. I'd much rather this than the revolving door manager system that he had previous <laughs> to this. Now it's Chavo. <laughs> now it's Jose. Exactly, yeah. Much rather that. So like, I, I, so I'm, you know, I'm into it from a certain aspect. It helped that I've only just started watching Succession. So like when they started doing the photo of no confidence thing, I was like, oh, cool. Matt Hardy watched Succession and was like, I'm going to do that now, EW. Yeah. So it's absolutely fine. And the pop that Jeff got when he came out, the fact that no one seemed to know, I didn't know this either, that the Hardy Boys music was not a WWE thing. That's an important point, yeah. And Sean Ross Apple reported in Five for Select that, yeah, like WWE don't own that music. It was a piece of music they bought from a library. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, because there have been times when Hardcore Holly's theme has been in movies. Uh -huh. Like it was in Dodgeball. I think it was Dodgeball. And you know, it is Dodgeball. Like when one of the teams is walking down and it, Hardcore Holly's music plays. I remember being a teenager being like, it's weird. It's <laughs> I've heard podcasts. It was the Attitude Era podcast that said that Cactus Jack's theme was licensed music that apparently has appeared in porno, uh, porno films. Nice. Wouldn't know. So... I love the fact they came out to the Hardy Boys theme. I'm a 36-year-old man. So the Hardy Boys have been my team. They were my team when I was a teenager, being like, I love these boys. They look like me. Playing SmackDown 1, everyone's outfit that they picked was the Hardy Boys outfit, just with probably a different head. Or maybe if you wanted long hair, you would just make yourself look like the Hardy Boys. So I am stoked to see Jeff Hardy in AEW. Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. Hardy Boys versus the Acclaimed versus Top Flight. Versus private party. 
There's a lot of stuff here that can spin out that I'm really, really excited for. And unlike you, I don't hate this product. So I'm quite happy that it's here. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Should we see what um, the let's let's watch Ollie get murdered? <laughs> uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get all your Omega chats in. We'll answer every single one of them over five US dollars. Because I there's only one thing I hate more in this world than AEW, and that's Canadian currencies. US dollars. Our moderating team. Uh, we have now we now have an Ollie hates AEW section in the Ultra chats. <laughs> We've officially entered the Ollie zone, to quote Daniel Bryan. Oh, no, our chat could be quite fickle sometimes, but I think that's more Ollie can be quite fickle sometimes. Ollie can be freaking consistent with how he rates the wrestling shows he reviews. Anyway, Jacob Smith says, I legit screamed for Jeff Sting and Darby's run in, threw me off the scent. As much as I enjoyed all the faction and feud resetting, perfect for manifesting trios titles, the show did so at the cost of the consistency we've had over the last few weeks. I just disagree. Like, also, this was a reset episode. We have done a, a bunch load of stories, and now we are ending some of them, but sli or slightly tweaking some of them, and now we're going into the new era. Like, it's a new season start. Hmm. Uh, Matthew McFadden. As soon as Jeff Hardy came on my screen, so did I. 
Mitchell Johnson. I guess it's just because of the era that I grew up in, but God, I love Jeff Hardy. I'm curious who you all think or want Jeff to work with as a singles competitor, as a tag team, endless possibilities. As a single, though, I don't really know who I want. Darby. Yeah, Darby would be the first shout. There is an unresolved issue with CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't do that right out the gate because that would be weird. Um, I th but anyone else? Hardys versus Moxley and Danielson sounds fun. But yeah, no, as a, single, as a, singles. As a singles guy, um, yeah, Punk. I mean, Kenny Omega's matches that we haven't seen before. Like that's the sort of thing I'm looking at for Jeff. Uh, matches I haven't seen out of him. So like Jeff versus Hangman looks like a fun. I mean, be a fun one. My God, I didn't really. Yeah, because I'm not a Jeff Hardy guy, but I cannot deny he has a ratings draw to him. A, like and a pay per view main event, Kenny Omega versus Jeff Hardy. That I that I could see that doing very very well. Tem Rizza, Hardy Boys theme and all is surreal. Put them versus the Bucks on Supercard of Honor. Oh, that's a nice touch. Run it back. Ollie, what would you have rather? A ton of rematches and the same thing over and over or fresh starts and stories? Don't get me wrong, this show had too much on it. Uh, what would I rather? Well, I, I wouldn't want either of those options. I would. So all the stuff that happened in this episode, I would just take half of it and spread it out over the next three weeks and then probably... Look, if, if we're taking it from this point right now, I would have Matt Hardy leave the AH, AHFO in some way, tell another story, and then have Jeff come back as part of that story when it's a lot more higher profile. Fair. Jeff Giffen. Griffin. Hope the Hardys get a good last run. Hardys... Versus Young Bucks, Red Dragon, FTR. Oh my God, the matches we hopefully get. Plus Jeff versus Darby. Yes, please. Trends in there says Jeff versus Darby. Falls count anywhere. All the mm. car crash spots, all the destroyed <laughs> furniture, all the dives off the balcony. Book it, Tony. Book it, Tony. Uh, and Painted Viper. I honestly think Jeff's debut was lacking. They could have done much more than just a save. So, um, what, so your, your storyline would have been to stop the storyline they were doing. Wrap up the storyline, which they were doing anyway. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had Jeff come out for it. Yeah, and you would have just had Matt just bring out Jeff. Not even that. Just, I don't know, book a new story, which has Jeff more factored into the, the, the end point of it. Here is actually my bigger concern I have, more than anything around this segment, around anything more than Jeff Hardy coming in is i think we're doing more broken universe stuff and broken matt hardy has not worked in aew like when they first brought him in but that's because he didn't have brother nero well that could be the argument to be made but i matt has been talking a lot about how he wants to do broken stuff again and i kind of feel that it's had its time and I don't, I would actually, despite the fact that I've been quite negative on WWE just bringing back tag teams for nostalgia runs, I think I would much rather just have the nostalgia run <laughs> here than them trying, because like actually saying that, the broken stuff probably would feel like a nostalgia run as well, because it's like, mm. you know, 10 years old at this point. But I would probably not do it. I don't, I, I can't see Tony letting that back on the show. He seems a lot more clear about what the limits i hope are. so yeah uh maybe maybe but i think matt will do broken stuff but maybe on his youtube channel That's yeah hopefully what he's talking about um before we get on with the rest of the show of course wrestletalk.com forward slash support keep getting your omega chats and your hate of me in i'll read them out 
and address the criticisms of my criticisms. <laughs> but we've also got a sponsor today. We do indeed. Betterhelp.com forward slash wrestle. While you're clicking that wrestletalk.com forward slash support link, click the other link as well and support BetterHelp and support yourself. Use our promo code wrestle for 10% off your first month. WrestleTalk highly endorses BetterHelp. It has in fact been used by two of our staff members, mm-hmm. both Tempest and Andy, have gone on record to talk about how they have really enjoyed and really benefited from BetterHelp services. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Use our promo code WRESTLE. This episode of Dynamite, I think what's getting lost is that I freaking love the first hour <laughs> before it went off, well, before it exploded in all different directions. What you tend to find uh, is that people will sort of ignore all of the positive things you say and only focus on the, the negative things you say. I was actually rereading a quote that I did when I interviewed um, Paul W.S. Anderson mm. about Mortal Kombat, when he said that the film came out and it was quite a big hit and New Line forwarded him across all of the reviews. So he had them, and it's in two snacks, positive reviews and the negative reviews, and they were about 50-50. And he said, and I read every single one of them, and I think this is a quote, it was a time when I cared what reviewers think. And um, he said, I read every single piece of them, but for the life of me, I cannot remember any of the positive Mm. reviews, but I do remember all of the negative reviews. So I think when people watched your Dynamite review, they just saw the score at the end and was like, well, Ollie hated everything that was on this show, which is why I came in front-loaded to be like, you hate Dynamite. Saving AEW. I I mean... I don't know. I also think it might be, you know, I have been very, very praising of AEW and a lot of people who love AEW are like, hey, this this guy, he said, this is great to hear what I think said yeah, by somebody else. Echo chamber. Yeah. And then, you know, when, when I am, when I hold AEW up to the standards I said I would do, which is against, you know, a, admittedly, a standard set by AEW. Like, that's what I rank everything at. The best AEW show is what I rank everything else against. I Yeah, I just, I don't think it's been good for the second hour of this week. So, well, you know, when people hear that, it's like, oh, wait, I know, but I enjoyed all of this stuff. So I, I can see. I, I, I totally get the feedback that you've been getting. I also totally appreciate where you're coming from because this was an episode when you asked me, like, what did you think of it? I said, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed the episode. I didn't love the episode, but I did enjoy the episode. Um, and I think that stems from me when I look back to the Raw review that me and Pete did this week, which had a match mm-hmm. of the year candidate in the six, the, the three the triple threat tag match, RK Bro, Alpha Academy, and um, Rollins and Owens. Like it was an incredible match. Took up you know forty five minutes of the the first hour or whatever it was, a sensational match. And then the rest of the show nothing happened mm. and you're watching it just be like oh, okay well, right well, what's the next thing all right well nothing's happening here what's the next thing oh my god nothing's happening here either so when me and pete came down to review we're like i've got literally nothing to say about this show which is why we ended up playing 2k for a bit <laughs> um but whereas i watched dynamite every segment almost feels like it is designed to make you as a viewer and as a fan be like oh, okay here is something i can talk about now here are some possibilities that stem out of this that i can talk about with my friends and i would much rather that mm than watching a show that is actively boring. <laughs> well, this show opened with um, what wasn't even the best segment. I'd say the, the Regal one was. Uh, but this, it was Chris Jericho coming down. 
um, sort of invite, saying to Eddie Kingston, who wasn't there yet, that he gave him one of the best matches of his career, definitely in AEW. Like, really put over Eddie, uh, invites Eddie out because Jericho says, I did not shake your hand. That was my fault. I got angry with myself. Eddie comes out, cuts this incredible promo about how on Friday, before the pay-per-view, he was thinking about not turning up. He was going to go out and get drunk. But it was at the meet and greet for AEW where four or five people came up to him and said, your Players' Tribune article on addiction and alcoholism and depression stopped me from committing suicide. And Eddie realized, I've got to do the match for them. We had an email in from one of those people. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, say their name, uh, but to say that there was uh, some legitimacy to Eddie's promo tonight. I got to meet him at FanFest on Saturday and talked with him about how important his article and everything it has meant and what it meant for me. They then go into what their story actually meant. Uh, when he came out tonight with that promo, I know it's just a work for him, but even the thought about it had, uh, even the thought about it and all and turn it into such a positive means any, everything. I know I couldn't be prouder to be an Eddie Kingston fan. Eddie is legit the best incredible i mean what more can you say to that there's a nice thing where he's like because you know talked about his troubles with eddie and he writes like they're right here the last few days i just regretted the whole thing that it was dumb that he wouldn't have actually care about and i probably just made him uncomfortable or whatever and then he cuts the promo on dynamite tonight it's great what what a incredible hero uh so he says that that and eddie said like look that's that's my handshake right there i didn't need a handshake from you chris jericho which was tempest's sort of bugbear with the finish of the pay-per-view match. He wanted Jericho to go to shake Eddie's hand, and then he's like, ah, I don't need you, put up the middle finger. But I think we got that, we just didn't get it on the show. Eddie never needed that handshake, is what he said. The look on his face said that he doesn't need this handshake. He's just doing it because Chris Jericho set it up as the stipulation of the match. Mm. But Eddie Kingston was like laughing as he was doing it, being like, oh, okay, cool, let's do yeah, this handshake yeah. then. Uh, by the way, during this promo from Eddie, some people were doing the watch on and Eddie just shut them down and said, hey, look, Steve Austin, your boy isn't here. Uh, show me some respect. And they stopped. Mm -hmm. What a bunch of idiots. Oh, yeah. I hope they wake up in the middle of the night and go, why did I do that? That you deserve those thoughts Certainly in the do. shower. I want it to ruin your day for the next couple of weeks. Or like in a couple of years time, you'll just be driving along and they'll be like, oh, do you remember that time I shouted at Eddie Kingston and he mm. shut me down? Um, so Jericho anyway said, look, I respect you. Thank you for the great match. Put it there. And they shook hands. And I'm like, God damn, this is nice. I guess that's it, right? And then 2.0 and Daniel Garcia run down. I'm like, oh my God. I, you know, it's just a way to give some people some, they can fight them off. Whoa, whatever. Maybe a tag team. I don't want that. But it, 2.0 never attack jerry have you gone back and watched this no i actually haven't oh my god so you don't notice it first time but i was like surely they attack jericho in this because i you hate that when the people come in and then are like swerve we're with that guy we just attacked they never touch him they sort of go to him and just push him over and jericho sells, sells the, the neck. neck and they commented to be like oh man and he's got that bad neck because of the bump that he took in that that kingston match which they were showing replays of the start that's a lovely bit of detail really really good like, that's high-level thinking. And 2.0, they're beating them both up, but they're not really beating up Jericho. They pass... No, how did it go? Santana and Ortiz, Ortiz, ran, down Ortiz ran down for the save. They were saving, but then Jericho beat up Santana and Ortiz with the bat. 
Jake Hager runs down. He looks conflicted. Oh, should I do this? Yeah. And he beats up Santana on Ortiz. Jericho looks at him and is like, just remember who brought you mm-hmm. here. And that's what like had him conflict because he didn't want to see Jericho beating up what's supposed to be his family. And I, I've written in my notes here, this might be the best thing that Jake Hager's done in AEW. He looked freaking ripped when he took off his top. I was like, when did you get all those muscles? He was always a muscly guy, but looks like he's really been training. Uh, I So, the, yeah, how many people were in on this? Because by the end of it, I they put over how premeditated this was, the way the attack was orchestrated. I thought that Jake Hager was just doing a bit of a thing. I thought he was in on it. I don't think he was in on it. Okay. I think he made his decision in the moment of mm. whose side is he on, and that was the side that he had picked. But everything else, the stuff with Jericho and 2.0, was premeditated. They've been clearly working on that behind the scenes. Commentary were really putting over that Jericho has been orchestrating this. He's the puppet master here. How far back does this go? And what I quite like about this, because like Pete kicked up a bit of a stink <laughs> about it in the office because he hates everything. And um, he was like, but Jericho was just feuding with them just a, a couple of months back. And I was like, I reckon if you go back to the start of like this whole Jericho Kingston thing, you could probably map out when this all came together and when Jericho was making these decisions and when the turns and everything were planned. It's probably been there in plain sight for us all to see, but we didn't see the pieces coming together. I think it's the moment Santana and Ortiz didn't tag him in. That match. Because that match was against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, I believe. That would have been the last interaction. But yeah, when Hager makes a decision, boy, does he really commit because he just about powerbombed Kingston through a table on the outside Hmm. where everyone in the ring helped (laughs) to get up. Even Santana and Ortiz were probably like, yeah, let me help you up there, Eddie. I almost felt like Eddie was... Because this is real to him. So he was like, well, I'm going to make it as real as possible. So Jager was like, well, this is how powerbombs work. Oh my God, no, he's trying to stop me doing this. Hmm. So Jericho then declared this new inner circle, really, sort of, a, you know, two-fifths of the inner circle are still there, as the Jericho Appreciation Society. And he said, and that's entertainment, pointing to Kingston's carcass. I hope it's purposefully bad. Like, it's supposed... To, like, we're supposed to look and be like, well, that's quite a bad name. I, I'm hoping that that is the point, because it is a bad name. The punchline, and like, the punchline, the, the tagline and stuff is almost like that's purposely bad i don't think it's bad i i like it from a you know obnoxious jericho egotist perspective i think it makes sense with him it said it makes sense with his character because uh. the, the inner circle was born out of people not appreciating what he had done all he was looking for was thank yous yeah. and that's it was santana Ortiz were the first people to say thank you to him and his inner circle was brought out of the only people that appreciated chris jericho so to actually break up that faction and start a new one that he thinks these are the people that appreciate me is actually quite a nice little character beat and the idea of that's entertainment we've already had quite a few references to jericho being a sports entertainer rather than a wrestler do you think this is i'm a wwe style entertainer in an aew product heel gimmick well he was trying to trademark the term sports entertainer and I think he was probably going to drop the influencer thing and just be the sports entertainer, Chris Jericho. I think WWE like ended up putting a stop to it because they've held the rights to that, the, the rights on that term for like you know thirty years, mm. more than that in fact, because they have been trying to convince people that that is what it is called, even though everyone still calls it wrestling. Are you excited? I think that's a real. I think 
this could be we've always talked recently about how Jericho is in between good gimmicks. This this has a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential. Here is my one slight criticism I would have against the segment. So I thought this segment Hey AEW. I oh, clearly I do, but I because I I thought this was a, a great segment. I thought everyone did a really, really great job, and in particular Jake Hager. I want to put that over again. Here's the one thing that I did think coming out of it though. I want Daniel Garcia with Danielson and, yeah. <laughs> and John Moxley. I don't want him with these guys. It made me think, oh, he's not going to be joining Moxley and Danielson now. That's just what I was hoping he would do. Yeah, I don't think the regal, I want to call them the gentlemen, well, if, yeah. if you just want to, if we can make that yeah. a thing right now. Uh, I don't think the gentlemen are going to be a training gym. I think it's just going to be them three. Yeah. In, but yeah, I do agree. Garcia doesn't really fit. 2.0 are made for Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. What, what an inspired pairing. They all can just shout at each other. <laughs> do your... Uh, do your oh, well. Jen Moxley! <laughs> Gonna put another guy. Jen Moxley! Rampage! You just gotta shout the words. Uh, so, heel Jericho, great. And, of course, as a consequence of this, Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston. Yeah. Which is what we've wanted. They got there. So, yes. Uh, we got a recap of CM Punk and MJF. Punk said he had to become like the a, a monster, but now that monster is dead. Long live CM Punk. Uh, Dante Martin took on Hangman Page in, you know what? Like this is one of my favorite things Hangman has done in his title reign. Honestly, and I'll tell you why. I'll, t I'll tell you for one. So it only went like five, seven you minutes. hated both the <clears throat> matches. I love the Daniels matches. It was a story. Dante Martin just had like a five, seven minute match here. He looked great, but Hangman never looked in any trouble. So it was like the perfect style of match for that, uh, just to get Dante over. He now becomes the youngest person ever to have challenged for the world title. And afterwards, Hangman was like, get back in here, shook his hand and put him over. And I thought, man, like if Hangman, this is what I wanted from Hangman after he won the title to be like, look, Kenny Omega was a douchebag. He wouldn't bring the belt around. He kept himself to, you know, just crazy cokehead Kenny, right? Now I am going to do what this should do. I'm going to be a fighting champion, mm -hmm. Dante Martin. And, you know, he has like a sort of Cody TNT title run. I'm quite, I'm, I'm happy with that. Like he was the number two ranked guy. Just be like, yeah, cool. I'm going to face you for the title. Yeah. Isn't it? The match was short as it should be, but it was like they were really putting over good effort by Dante. Mm. Like, you know, he really, he didn't embarrass himself in this position. Like in a kayfabe style, do you mean? Like he didn't embarrass himself in this position. He put up a good fight. I thought this was a really, really good segment. And then afterwards, Paige calls him, calls him back down to the ring to shake his hand and everything. Be like, you know, I look forward to facing you again for this title. And Adam Cole comes out and be like, oh God, oh, I love this lovey-dovey stuff. Oh, I'm going to throw up over here. And calls his victory revolution a fluke. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he challenges him to a six-man tag next week where he said, uh, I've already got my two guys picked out. And these two guys are my friends, not yours. And so like, you're leading everyone to think, it's the Young Bucks. Well, should we talk about that now? Because yes. later on, we got Red Dragon, Cole, Young Bucks backstage and Cole's cutting the promo. He's, got, he's saying like, and my tag team partners are going to be... And the Young Bucks like, well, man, if it's with Hangman, we don't want any part of it. And Cole goes, I wasn't going to pick you anyway. I don't think he ever was going to pick them. Oh, really? I think, I think it was always Red Dragon. No, I think he was going for the Bucks. I don't know. I think it was always Red Dragon that he had picked out. Maybe I'm wrong on this. It could be, it could be either. 
because it but it, I, I thought it was a very funny segment of just like you know these two guys they're my friends i've known them for years they like to party you may as well be like they've got long hair they wear flashy <laughs> clothes it's red dragon <laughs> but when because like matt said for me like you know if it's hangman we don't want to involve which i love that as a character yeah. beat and then cole's like i'm picking red dragon Kyle O'Reilly goes like, gee, how self-centered are you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Paige is backstage with the Dark Order. And he goes, hey, I just want to apologize for pushing you. It was Reynolds, wasn't it, mm. at the pay-per-view? Uh, and John Silver's like, well, yeah. Who, which, which combination of us lovable goofs is going to team with you next week? And Hangman's like, oh, I just, I saw Jurassic Express in the corridor and they are so... I went with them. And like, I really like this. Yeah. I like the idea that Hangman, you know, how, how he was putting him, I, I thought he was a great world champion in that Dante match. But he still has these character flaws, but he's still a baby face. I, 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 I loved Hangman in this episode. I thought he was really great. And I thought Dark Order sold this perfectly. We actually had an ultra chat in, I can't remember when it was now. It might have been... I don't remember which show it was. It might have been during our li uh, live reactions for Revolution that asked, like, why do the Dark Order still like Hangman Page? Mm. Because he's been a bad friend to them. And I made the arms like, well, it's because they love him <coughs> and they want to see him succeed. And Hangman isn't doing this on purpose. He's not being dicks to the Dark Order on purpose. Like, he's very apologetic. He just realizes that, oh, man, I've been quite a bad friend here. Like, I just haven't spoken to them for a while. I've got friends like this myself that they are my longest running friends. And they'll be like, I won't speak to them for like a couple of months or something. They'll be like, oh man, I really feel bad about it. I actually haven't messaged them. And I'll message me like, sorry, I haven't been in touch. And they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Like, we haven't been in touch either and this and the other. Mm. But I still, you know, feel bad about that. And you're right. Like he is just, he's a babyface champion, but he has character flaws. And the Dark Order now feel like doormats to that. Well, at least John Silver is still the doormat because he's like, hey, you know, it's all good. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's all fine. But Reynolds is looking at me and like, this guy. Mm. We have to, it's worth remembering the Dark Order saved him. When he was yeah. at his lowest ebb, it was those guys that saved him. And you, I, I now feel bad for them, but I don't think Hangman is wrong because they've done a really good job of sort of like making him feel like a real person. It is really uh, not clearly delineated by heel and face. These are characters. That's when, people, when WWE claim to have shades of grey storytelling, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this is this is it. Um, so yeah, that, that loads of possibilities. I'm not sure how excited I am about seeing Cole and Paige continue, I must admit. Hopefully it's just a couple of weeks thing before the next solo feud starts. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Punk. Like I, I, I would that. have, I would put money on it that Punk is the next guy mm -hmm. for for him to face. They sort of had set up the his MJF feud as like a number one contendership style feud. So I think this is just give Punk a little bit of time off, like as opposed to just Punk doing that brutal dog collar match. Then the next ever being like, it's me. Yeah. But this sets up something for next week, furthers the storyline, and we can probably end it at like a big slam shot. <laughs> one of the slams. Slam of slam vents. One of the monthly slams. <laughs> Easter slam. <laughs> Mother's Day slam. <laughs> I'm going to slam your mum. Slam all the mums out there. Uh, the next segment was my favourite thing in the show. God damn. 
John Moxley and Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson comes out with William Regal. John Moxley enters through the crowd. It is fascinating to watch how separately Danielson and Moxley conduct themselves, yet when they wrestle, they are seamlessly integrated. Tag in, but business-like, professional. And they took on uh, the Workhorseman, I'm not familiar with, but apparently he's very good. They're a Ring of Honor team. Right. Well, I, I really like J.D. Drake. Um, and... Yeah, Danielson and Mox just, oh, this, mm. again, very similar to Dante Martin and Hangman Page. Never looked in trouble, but I felt like Drake and Workhorseman came out looking pretty good. Wait, are they the Workhorseman? Yeah. Ah, so it's not, it's, it's, what, was it, what was the name of the other guy? Oh, I actually didn't catch his name. I, 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 they mentioned that they were a ring of on a tag team. It's just, it's the commentary uh, team explaining things to me. So I know, I understand as a viewer. But I only know J.D. Drake of that. <laughs> I fast-forwarded through this bit, probably. Uh, so that that makes sense. He is not the workhorse man. No, that's they are the, the workhorse man. <laughs> because J.D. Drake's in the horse. The, the wingman. The wingman. So their tag team in Ring of Honor and on the Indies <laughs> is the workhorseman. It's a good name. It's a playoff. The horseman. Uh, but anyway, Mox and Danielson made them look great, but look themselves even better. Regal's on the outside gurning all the way through. And then when they won, it went to sort of sexy smile, Regal. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I My favorite spot of this is when Danielson had the lad in the uh, floating surfboard stretch, or the flying surfboard stretch. And then he tags in Moxley while he's <laughs> still applying the surfboard stretch so Moxley can get in and bite the nose of the other lads. That was great. They've immediately become my favorite An tag team. Anthony Henry is the other That's guy. it. I knew it was an Anthony. Uh... So after the win, Regal gets in the ring and he's with Tony Schiavone, who was actually treated like an interviewer as opposed to a glorified mic stand. Well, Regal's only just come into AEW. He like, he's so used to the WWE style. He doesn't know how Tony works in this company. Yeah, the WWE style, famously, where interviewers get loads of interaction. Well, I guess they do. Yeah. My guest at this time. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think about this? Look at uh, Riddle and Randy Orton with uh, Kevin and like, the Alpha Academy mm -hmm. with Kevin. Uh, and Regal cuts this just encapsulating promo encapsulating enrapturing compelling compelling promo compelling's a good word uh, where he talks about he's lived a hard life of course he's had his own battles with addiction and stuff and he said it's he's what I deserved he talks about the, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the real man's man giving it's what I deserved he said he's time's running out and I thought how old is Regal and he said I'm 53 and I thought Sting 62 <laughs> he just did a balcony dive <laughs> really Regal's like in 10 years time I'll be wheeled around by the old wife I'll be staring out of the window thinking oh the good times that I had yeah and he said he's uh, bro thousands of broken bottles and a few broken hearts sweetheart <laughs> like he went lovey and he went you've got to get a better tailor dear to Tony or something like that he was awesome uh, and the, he called well he called Regal and Moxley he called Danielson and Moxley gentlemen these two gentlemen here. And that's why I thought, that's the name, hopefully. Have you seen The Gentleman? The film? The Guy Ritchie movie. I have not. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I feel like you could say that about any Guy Ritchie movie that isn't Lock, Stock or Snatch. Which like, have you seen this movie by Guy Ritchie? No. That's fine. I'm going to vouch, obviously Sherlock Holmes, Rock and Roller, I think is underrated. And Revolver, is it Revolver? It's bonkers in a good way. You know, it's when he was with Madonna and he was like, I'm a Kabbalist now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Regal legit started to cry at one point when he put over Tony Schiavone for helping him when he got into the US. 
Uh, he said, obviously, I'm no longer required in my old show, talking about NXT. And then he said, it's thanks to Brian Danielson that you all know my name. Because when Danielson would come out of Ring of Honor, they always said trained by William Regal. And that's what he Regal said, that that's what made him relevant to this new generation. Called Danielson a perfect wrestler. He's the wrestler that I could never be. Because, yeah, because Regal had his problems and Danielson didn't. And he, he said that he liked how Mox and Danielson settled things like men in the ring. And then he's called them the perfect combination. And they're gonna, if anyone tries to step up, they'll get stepped on. Yeah, you either step up or you get stepped on. So I don't think we're having that faction of younger guys. No, I don't think so currently. This feels like we are leading to probably, you know, Jurassic Express, they've still got the tag titles, versus Mox and Danielson at double or nothing. Um, I mean, likely with them winning the belt, I would have thought. Uh, I thought it was a really, really great promo because it's Regal and I love him. And I do think that it went slightly long. It felt like it should have wrapped up a little bit. You can almost hear like someone at ringside going like, wrap it up, wrap it up, William. Apparently there was. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of live reports of someone going, get some the time. It did feel like he was just like, just give me five more minutes, sunshine. Hold on, sorry about Tony Schiavone from 13 years ago. <laughs> I've heard it described as a Hall of Fame induction speech. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I'm just exactly, going to talk. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. Just like, as, oh, I don't need it. Don't need it written down for me, sunshine. I'll just go out there. And I'll... When I think of William Regal as well, like obviously I think of watching him when I was a kid and stuff. But um, when the Vaude Villains debuted in NXT, he put out this tweet or like he did an interview or something where I was like, what a perfect name. I don't know how I've never thought of that before mm. because that's what I have been my entire wrestling career as a Vaude villain. And I'm angry that I didn't <laughs> come up with that first. <laughs> Big fan of Steptoe and Son, William Regal. My friend once had a tweet conversation with him about their favorite episodes of Steptoe and Son. <laughs> well, yeah, so this is very, very exciting. Um, I it's the, it's the thing I'm most excited about in professional wrestling right now. The rest of the show happened. So, nice. To we got the uh, Hangman stuff with the Dark Order we've already covered. Pack took on Wheeler Utah. I like this. They said because the world title match ran so short. It didn't go the full 60 minutes. We got, like it was ever going. We got, we've got Pack and Wheeler Utah standing by. They had a, well, it wasn't going to be another women's match, was it? <laughs> uh, they had a decent match, but not much heat at all, unfortunately. Uh, then we had Cole backstage picking the bucks. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this for me, I love the setup of it, that we have this bonus match here because the world title match didn't go on as as planned. But I have written here, yeah, this should have been a Keith Lee or a women's match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Keith Lee squash match would be great. Yeah, I mean, I know Keith Lee's on Rampage, but this felt like, this this accomplished nothing. Whereas, you... whereas I would have liked, if you're going to put this bonus match out there, <clears> I would have liked to accomplish something. Do you feel like... Keith Lee is a rampage talent in the same way Jade Cargill is a rampage talent. Not at all. He's been there for three weeks. I don't know where. No, but like where he's being positioned. Not at all. Okay. Like he, was, he was heavily featured in that ladder match. Like he was put over as outside of Wardlow, probably the, one of the biggest stars in that match. Mm. Like he was probably third behind Orange Cassidy. Great. Uh, Cole did the Bucks. But he didn't win the world title on his first night in. So you're right. He is lost in the shuffle exactly. now. Exactly. Uh, then randomly, th th this is when like the show sort of I don't know took a line in the bathroom. <laughs> Outside the parking lot, you were there parking lot. Sorry, three years ago, ran there in the parking lot. Ring of Honor, seventeen years ago. I bought it now. It's mine. Uh, FTR are backstage. They're with Tully. 
Dax is saying, it's all about my family. I'm doing this for my family, my daughter. I love my daughter, my wife. Uh, I'm coming for the Bucks, for Red Dragon, of course, because they interacted in those Battle Royals. And Tully's like, well, dude, like, you brought me on so we could win championships. And then Cash turns to him and says, no, it is about family. And you're not family. So you're fired, which is a nice line. But I'm like, where's this coming from? <laughs> what happened here? Is it, have I missed, like, five episodes of Dark where they've been really building this? No, I don't think so. And it's also like, I know that the Pinnacle have lost Wardlow. But to me, in my head, before this segment, Tully, FTR, Sean, and MJF were very still much a faction. Yeah. And I think the FTR are still part of the Pinnacle. It's just that they've now fired Tully. I feel like that's got to be a group decision. I mean, not just kicking Tully out of FTI, kicking him out of the Pinnacle. Yeah, certainly. This, this was baffling to it me. It was very weird. I am... I'm excited. We'll get to the... Actually, we'll get to the Wardlow bit in just a second, really. But I, I'm curious to see how this plays in with MJF, because I do have, have some thoughts. Mm. You think it's a babyface term for FTI? I don't know. Like, they work better as heels. Mm. Like, they are just such a good heel team. We had the Jeff Hardy segment next. Uh, Swerve, is it, what's he going by? Swerve Strickland, Shane Strickland? Swerve Strickland. Swerve Strickland. Um, he's so freaking cool. Oh my God. Every second he's on screen, I've just been showered with charisma. Uh, Tony Nese came up to him and was like, I'll have a match with you on Rampage because, you know, 205 Live, right? Well, Tony Nese walked in and I said to Pete, oh yeah, I forgot he's here. Yeah. And you wanted to, like, he is someone who was lost in the shuffle. Like him and Jay Lethal. And his promo essentially was, you've come into this company with a lot of fanfare. I came in and no one cared. So <laughs> let's have a match on Rampage. <laughs> Where to bury yourself, Tony? It's a, it's a good first sort of enhancement match for Swerve. It's the I main think. event of Rampage. I'm, and do you know what? I love uh, Swerve, so I'm looking forward to watching the match. Then we got uh, a Wardlow promo. Wardlow came out, Tony Schiavone doing the, the sort of microphone holding in the ring. And Wardlow told a story about how he grew up very poor. His family is very poor, but Max gave him a route. He gave him money. Uh, he thanks Max for that. He's still under contract with them, but he no longer gives a damn. He's no longer a member of the Pinnacle. He's finally free. He's going to win the TNT title to get a new contract. So that's very important because it's not just the championship that's at stake. It's kind of Wardlow's legal future yeah. in kayfabe. And then he finished saying AEW is officially Wardlow's world. Yeah, I don't love that as a uh, as a catchphrase. No. Um, so, a couple of ways that this could go. My thinking of this was always that Wardlow was going to win the title and then have to hand it over to MJF because MJF owns everything that Wardlow accomplishes. Mm -hmm. That, and you know, and then especially because Max cut that promo, being like, "Hey, look, if you win the Revolution ladder match and you win the Teen Tail, I'm not going to take it off of you." Almost sowing the seeds off that. But if it is now that if he wins the title, he gets a new contract then I would imagine MJF is going to try and cost him the belt next week and Scorpio Sky will, spoilers, will remain <laughs> champion. And that will be a way for MJF to keep Wardlow under his services and trap that beast back into the cage. Because I'm so fascinated to see what MJF's reaction to this is. MJF's come out and being like, you don't get to choose here. You don't get to choose to leave the pinnacle. You don't get to choose mm. to stop being my bodyguard. I Tully did. I literally, <laughs> well, yeah, but Max doesn't own Tully. Yeah. He does own Wardlow. So I'm so curious to see what the next step of this is. 
I can't see Scorpio Sky having a one-week reign. Yeah, being a transitional champ. Well, I, well, when Scorpio won, I was like, oh, I wonder if they just put the belt on Scorpio because they don't want Wardlow to beat Sammy. So it is just put it on a heel. Could be that as and well. And Wardlow can beat the heel next week. Brian Alvarez had an email into Wrestling Observer of some fantasy booking, and it is inspired where MJF comes out next week before the match, the TNT title match, and goes, you know what, Wardlow, you're right. I I took advantage of you, so I'm going to release you from your contract. And then he walks off, turns back around. There's a 90-day (laughs) non-compete How good's that? That is great. I don't know what you do from there. No. Maybe have Warlow just run in from the crowd at points. God damn, that's effing funny. It, it is funny. <laughs> uh, so just my... Wardlow is a surprisingly good talker. Mm. I This promo came off to me as, by AEW standards, and I know it's unfair to judge everything at the AEW standards of like CM Punk, mm-hmm. MJF, on the mic... This was a 5, 6 out of 10. This was, go out there, kid. Show me what you can do. It felt... If this was in WWE, we'd be saying, man, that was a good promo. But it felt quite WWE-like. He is a guy that... And there's been wrestlers like this in the past. And, you know, we've seen a lot. It was like, nah, I think the less you talk, the better it is. And like I love the fact he got to tell this personal story to him and like explain why he's been with MJF this long because that's been some criticisms of people who's like why did he sign with MJF in the first place like why is he always doing these sorts of things and he was like look I knew he was a bad dude when I signed the deal but I had to sign the deal mm-hmm. the storyline I was doing with Anna J got dropped so I had to <laughs> yeah. sign. And me and Adam came up with an idea for a new list video for him uh, ten things in AEW in the last three years that you forgot happened yeah. But yeah, surprisingly quite a Surpri- few yeah you remember um what's his name that comedian unveiled the uh the world tag title jack whitehall jack whitehall yeah. remember he was on the first show anyway um so i i, I liked a lot of this mm. um but yeah he is a guy that i would have let's not talk too much but i i don't think he's a bad promo which is actually you know could have been way worse he's not a bad promo but mm-hmm. sometimes and i would say this is the fault of the booking is you've got a guy who you could argue as an eight to a nine out of ten in sort of look, he's a eight to nine out of ten in wrestling, in ring wrestling when he's you know booked in the right way, but he's a six out of ten on the mic. So don't put him out on the mic for a whole a whole segment by himself. Yes, there there is a there is a definite way to do all those points in a much less ham-fisted style via a better person, and that is through the course of the feud, MJF hits all those story and, and character points, but says it in a disparaging way towards Wardlow. Like, oh yeah, you're going to go back to your poor family, your poor sister, all that stuff while he's building up, I'm MJF, I'm from this ivory castle. That would have been a far more effective way. This concerned me. Didn't concern me in the least. Cool. Uh, Keith Lee's backstage. Uh, and I literally screamed no when QT Marshall walked in. Why? Because I don't want Keith Lee to be involved in a feud with QT Marshall at this stage but in his AEW run. But he's not. He's in a feud with Team Taz. I hope so. 
Well, of course he is. Like the whole point of this is that QT Marshall walked in and said, look, we've both got problems with Team Taz. You've got problems with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. I don't like that disrespectful hook. So why don't we team up? And in effect, he was like, we here, me, QT Marshall, Factory, we've got your back. Kingsley looked at him and said like, I've got a pretty big back. I'm good. Great and then line. he walked off. And then QT Marshall was like, I never liked you anyway, Keith Lee. You suck. And then we've got a match on Rampage. Keith Lee kills QT Marshall. It's a way, it's a nice little beat to set up a match for Rampage and you can continue the feud between Keith Lee and uh, Team Taz. Okay. Um, I've just realized we've still got three rather large segments left. And that's like, you know, we're about an hour 20 into this show. And which I, I'll be honest with you, I think is a good thing. Mm. Dude, I literally watched nothing happen on Raw this week. <laughs> so like, maybe that's why you're not so, like, you didn't have to watch Raw this week, where, like, nothing happened for three hours. No, I think it, I genuinely think it's hot shot booking, and that's bad. And it doesn't let the things breathe the amount that they should do, which means they mean less. This is, this program had four weeks of storytelling on it, and they burned through it in a night. And I think that is a genuine mistake. It was what happened during the Attitude Era, the hottest period of wrestling. Yes, and we can look back on that now and go, that is ADD booking, yeah. and it isn't actually good for a long-term survival of a product. But we have got it now with much better workers and much better storytelling, much better in-ring wrestling, and it's making a much better product off the back of it. If you like this style of slapdash storytelling, where it's just a million things a minute, all the power to you. That's not my tastes. I like stuff... In, like in the first hour or what we had in January. Mm -hmm. and I, and I, which, I, which I totally get. The Acclaimed took on Jurassic Express. It's a tag team title match. It's randomly here. Really good match. Uh, Max Cast, no, sorry, uh, Anthony Bowens is freaking great. I actually bought a few of these near falls. Sorry, so we've got a line here. AEW is too good. 73% <laughs> Holly Davis. <laughs> uh, Christian stopped Caster cheating, which allowed Jurassic Express to retain. Really good near fall off that spike pile driver. Crowd really bought that as a title change because they'd already done the mic uh, check mm. with, uh, with Jungle Boy getting the pin broken up. Thought it was really good. Um, crowd didn't seem much into it though. The crowd didn't the very underwhelmed for a lot of the second hour until they got to the main event. Uh, Jade Cargill issued an open challenge backstage. It made it sound like it was someone who isn't in the company at the moment mm. because they were literally running down all the people that she's beaten. Um, and then said, like, who's going to step up next? ROH or Impact, maybe. Forbidden Door. Layla Hirsch took on Thunder Rosa. This was the sort of number one contenders match to next week's Britt Baker title shot. This match never really clicked. And it had a commercial break. And the crowd weren't into it. It's unfortunate because yeah. I like both women a lot. Uh, Layla Hirsch tried to cheat with the turnbuckle again from under the ring, but Red Velvet stopped that happening, and a few moves after, Rosa won. Yeah, I thought it, they worked well. I thought they worked well. The crowd were not into it, and I think that hurt the match. I don't even know if the match was that good. It's not my favourite Thunder Rosa match I've ever seen. Yeah. And it was, it was like Red Velvet stopped Layla Hirsch cheating to a shocking little, little reaction. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's Thunder Rosa got the win. She really sold the win after the match yeah. as well, particularly with the announcement that next week it's going to be a steel cage match. And then Britt Baker got to cut a promo off the back of that, saying, I'm not scared of facing you in a cage. What I'm scared of is what happens if a Carney wins this world title. So I thought it was a really yeah. nice line and stuff. And, you know, she's, talking about she's going to be the one to walk out next week as the champion because you may have won last year, but who really won when you think about it? 
Great line. Great line. Uh, Steel Cage match makes sense as well. The amount uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayler got involved at the pay-per-view. Ah, I'm just not into this story, unfortunately. But I am looking forward to after the Steel Cage match and we all go, wow, that was amazing, incredible. And then we can move on and forget like the the sort of year of nothingness in between these two great matches. Uh, we, I'd said this, I think we did this on the Revolution live reactions, but for a storyline that has been put on hold for a year because they wanted to give it as much time between the two matches, they did not capitalize on it as much as they should have done. Tomorrow on the podcast, Denise, unfortunately, uh, won't be joining us tomorrow on the uh, the Team Denise podcast. So instead, I'm going to be joined by Thunder Rosa. Yes! Thunder Rosa is coming on to the show to talk about AEW Dynamite, the match next week, Revolution, and Mission Pro Wrestling, which is her promotion, and the show that they're doing at GCW, the collective, over WrestleMania weekend. Oh my god, honestly, Thunder Rosa. And we've been saying it for like a year and a half, even before the Baker match. She should be the champion. Yeah. And I her think... and Sheeta, they're my favorite women's wrestlers. And I think she'll be champion WWE. next Wednesday. Yeah. Well, yeah, tune into that. Subscribe to all the stuff. My God. We still have the main event left to talk about where a gazillion things happen. I'm going to try and run through them. It's for the TNT title. It's Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky. Sammy Guevara hits a 6.30 cent on off the top rope through a table outside that Scorpio Sky gets out the way from like right at the start of the match. Go to commercial break, come back. Sammy hasn't been counted out. The referees have used their discretion and said, always, you know, let's get medical to check on him first sammy can continue to compete by this point tay conti who i don't believe has been set up as an on-screen real life girlfriend yet. no they were doing it on commentary they were explaining to you why she was there so conti came down sammy's real life girlfriend uh and that which i guess like if you don't follow social media and vlogs and stuff you're like didn't that guy just propose to his girlfriend in august <laughs> yeah i mean maybe he's done some stuff you know when he does his love actually placards yeah. maybe he's done something there uh so tay's down there trying to like you know get some emotional investment in the story which is i think was very well accomplished it really worked uh sammy struggles up to fight but by this point tay is in the face a fellow american top team member paige van zandt she's in the crowd uh they wrestled back and forth paige van zandt slapped conti that distracted Sammy and freaking Scorpio Sky won the TNT title. All of America top team celebrate at the end and Paige Van Zandt drags Take on his body, dumps it on Sammy and signs the contract on the ass, Bill. The ass. Yeah, she did sign it on, right on her butt. Not the butthole, though. Not the butthole. It was, cheek. No. It was on one of the cheeks. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a really, really great match. Yeah in terms of the drama that they built, the performances that they put in, Sammy's 6.30 through the table. Good I God. screamed. Legit, like, when uh, I watched this in the office today, I had it on the TV, and that happened, and I shouted a very loud expletive, mm. and then hmm. went, oh, F in hell! And Pete Ludwig was like, the table spot, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, the table spot. And I thought Scorpio was sending this over. Ethan Page sending a ring. So I was like, do you give him the belt? <laughs> put the belt on him. Well, to be fair, like, Sky did the tank out. I mean, that wouldn't win him the match. That would have counted oh, him out. Can't yeah, win good it point. Out. Good point. I said that to Sky through the TV. Mm. When he started doing that, I was like, Sky, don't do this. You won't <laughs> win the match, you div. And 
I thought the, the work, the way they worked after the match as well, like Sammy's always had his like ribs. And they were putting over how hard Sammy has been working over these last few weeks. The amount of TNT title matches that he's done. He's had more matches than he's had weeks effectively. I thought it was a really, really great bit of storytelling. And he still hit, managed to hit the GTH. And the crowd were like, okay, cool. That's the finish he's worked in. But Sky rolls to the ropes and just gets outside. And Ty's like, like, oh no. And when Sky hits the TKO, the crowd still didn't believe that it was going to be the finish. Mm. Probably because you and I have been saying on these shows, we ain't winning. Like, Scorpio yeah. Sky, hell, oh yeah, lol, he's not winning this match. And he won the match. He's the first person to hold the AEW World Tag Team titles and the TNT title. It was, he's still undefeated for like over a year. I really thought they were just going to keep Sammy going. I think this really swerved me, and I thought it was excellent. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, good, cool for America's top team as well because they've been talking a big game for since they came in, and they haven't really got any gold. So this is a really big reset. And this whole episode was a post-pay-per-view reset episode. A lot harder, I would argue, than all previous ones 100%. because it wasn't just about starting new storylines. They abruptly cut off old ones in quite a clunky way, I would argue it in some cases. But in this main event thing, they, they did a really good job. Yeah, I thought a lot of this episode was really, really great. I don't think it was a perfect episode. I was never bored in the episode, though. So that's a big win. And a friend of mine texted me today to be like, he, he tends to just watch the pay-per-views. Mm. And then we'll watch two weeks worth of Dynamite. Then he won't watch anything else. And then he'll watch the next pay-per-view. He texted me today being like, this is the first time where I feel like I have to keep watching oh. and watch Dynamite. And he was texting me like watching Dynamite. And he was like, there's so much stuff in it that is keeping me watching. And I think I might last longer than two weeks. Well, you know, hopefully that comes to pass. Look, it's not my taste, but a lot of stuff that isn't my taste is inexplicably popular. Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... The films of Pedro Almodovar. They do sell out the O2, don't they, Coldplay? Which I find staggering. Yeah. It must be the most boring thing to go to. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Uh, but overall, this was my lowest rated Dynamite of the year I after heard. my previous lowest rated Dynamite, 70%. I did hear that you weren't a fan of this episode. Look, I love the first half, but I genuinely think... Look, at the end of the day... It's still substantially higher than the highest mark I've given Raw all year. Um, it's a 3.5 out of 5, if you distill it into that form. Because well, I'm still on the old 5 out of 5 ratings, or you know, out of 5 ratings. And most weeks I've still been giving Dynamite a 5 out of 5 rating because I do love the show and I do think that this is the best weekly wrestling product that we have on TV 100%. by far. And every time I watch an episode, I'm like, God dang, I love this and I can't wait to see the next episode. And every time Dynamite makes me think, I can't wait to watch the next episode. Oftentimes as well, can't wait to watch Rampage, which is one of my favorite shows to watch in the week because I don't have to take notes. I can literally just sit there and watch it and it's a delight. Mm. And this is the episode that I've been like, this, this is a 4 out of 5 episode. Because I didn't love everything on this show. I thought there was probably a bit too much onto it. But I do applaud AEW for trying to cram as much into their product as possible. And a lot of it I really, really, really did enjoy. Looking at the community tab, however, uh, which I have not got up on screen, 55% said it was a 5 out of 5 All Elite show. 
32% saying it was a 4 out of 5 AEW sim, 9% saying it was 3 out of 5 mid. Well, uh, I... Look, if it, help, if it works, it works. It's not to my taste. Thank you to... We've, we've already gone massively over. So let's hammer through these Patreon Pledge Hammer shoutouts. Are you excited for our WrestleTalk Extra that we've got to do? I have to watch the pay-per-view. It's TNA... Victory Road 2011. Oh. Yeah, did you not see... The one. Yeah, yeah, that one. I'd seen it, but it hadn't clicked. Oh, yeah. crap. Oh, it's going to be depressing. The, the, the month Jeff comes back. Okay, so we can now confirm, because Pete told me this last week. And he said, you and Ollie are the only people that are excited to talk about this show. Because Pete told me, what I was like, oh, amazing, it's that show. Because I'm looking at it from the per uh, perspective of, I cannot wait to go back and reread all the old Observers and Figure Fours, listen to the Wrestling Observer Radio, see if I can what I can find from mm. forum posts that were talking about Jeff at this point. Because it is like, it's a horrible period. Really, really awful. And it was a dreadful moment in that man's career. But with the benefit of like retrospect, I'm sort of very intrigued to see, <clears throat> to kind of go back to that point and see what the write-ups were at the time for it. Well, become a pledge hammer on Patreon, and you can get that when it goes live next week, along with your own shout-outs on this show. Thank you, the Cyclone Brandon Sires, Abominable Michael Abbott, the reigning, defending, undisputed first WrestleTalk Super Chat donator, heavyweight champion of the world, Jeremiah Golder. The British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Greg Taylor, Soldier Spy. He's no jackass, Dano. Fantastic, Mr. Good Old Fox. The Royal Acosta, Robert Acosta. Uh, WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer, Lord Ligo Benitez. Shield Maiden, the Zornice. And Chris, the Cypriot Sensation. Patrol. Love you all. You can get your personal shoutouts here on the WrestleTalk podcast. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Let's go through your uh, ultra chats. There are a lot of them. Of course there are. So... And that, you know, again, I'm just going to say, people genuinely like talking about diamonds. Oh yeah. When we did Raw, no one had anything to say about the show, even in like the ultra chats and things. No. Whereas, like, at least when you do a dynamite show, people have thoughts, and that's what I like to see. Jared Hazelwood. I think the reason the broken stuff didn't work initially was because it needs a crowd to work. They have one now, so why not give it a shot? <laughs> I would say completely incorrect because the broken stuff is a cinematic concept and it fell flat on its ass in wwe now i know a lot of that blame can be placed at wwe because i remember that impact crowd that they were doing it in front of was a much much smaller crowd mm. that were into it if you do this and it's in front of an audience that 60 percent are into it that's really going to hurt the impression of it Andrew the Last Airbender. In one of the Patreon podcasts, there was an interesting note from Luke. In 2010, Matt claimed he started to act erratically at house shows to purposely get released so he could join Jeff in TNA. Guess we know where Jeff got his idea. Also, Ollie is right. Uh, I think it's been quite 
it's been very much established that this was not a work by Jeff Hardy to get fired from WWE. Jeff had just re-signed. Yeah. They had loads of plans for him to feud with Roman, so I don't think so. Uh, plan R. Having watched Lord Regal work for the past 29 years, I grew up thinking all British people were kind <laughs> of like Regal, and not the cool NXT version, but like Lord Stephen Regal, and perpetually disappointed by all British people when they don't act like him. In all fairness, Plan R, I'm also perpetually disappointed <laughs> by all British people. Kevin, idea for the gentleman's gimmick. Have them wrestle in a tag match, then they pick one of their opponents to join them so they can teach their opponents violence and create this stable of young lions. Regal's promo was amazing, by the way. WWE are idiots. I'm going to slightly amend my stable. Just English people. Uh, I, I'm i into them as three people now. I don't think you want to dilute it right now. Stick them just as the a tag team. Go for those tag titles. Omar Josui. Although this show wasn't the greatest, but that Regal promo did everything for me, getting emotional with Tony and explaining how Danielson is the fulfilled potential he once had and Mox is the embodiment of the struggles they both defeated. Incredible. Riot DR. Danielson is the best parts of Regal with none of the demons. Mox is the darkest parts of Regal, but has conquered and controlled those demons. I love wrestling and I loved all of this. Side note, I've been beaten up by both JD Drake and Anthony Henry. What did you say? Uh, Zoe Sung, uh, um, gentlemen, I present to you <laughs> Team Steppies. Tony, the checks in the mail. Yeah, I like that. I actually do write Steppies in my notes whenever Danielson does the stomps. He's doing the, <laughs> the Steppies. Michaela Traub says, Damn, Ollie, why do you hate Wardlow? You're just jealous of his amazing hair. I bought my own. I've been, waiting for him. I've been waiting for him to show off his talking skills since I started watching his goodbye speech to his former indie company when he signed with AEW. The man was beloved and will be a star. Yeah, I, I mean, I stick by it. I think he's a better wrestler and silent presence than he is a talker. Zoe Sung, if Sky didn't win the match after all that crap Sammy was doing during the commercial breaks, I would have been livid. I'm happy for Sky. Huh, Swerve is really cool. Damn, <laughs> WWE didn't know what to do with him, really. It's not even that they didn't know what to do with him. They looked at Swerve Strickland and were like, you're not the star of Hit Row. You're not Top Dollar. Yeah, Top Dolly is the star of Hit Row. He's the tallest one. Supreme, do you guys remember last week when the graphic came up saying that it would be the winner of Sammy and Sky versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship? Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. said, well, no way Sky's winning. Yeah. Pepperidge Farm remembers, as do I. Um, Mark <laughs> said, Scorpio losing the belt could be pretty useful. Create the precedent that the belt can be lost at any time. MGF claims the belt off Wardlow immediately and gets Sky and Pace to take out Wardlow in revenge and promises them a, a shot at his TNT title belt if they succeed. You could go that way. I, I don't know if that's the way I would want it to go. Tails P, while Sammy was laid out after the table spot, Dan Lambert is yelling, there's no time limits in wrestling. Timeouts. Timeouts in wrestling. Did Lambert want Sammy to lose by countout? No. Also, do you think Jade goes 50 and 0? 99, hours kill, uh, 99 plus hours till 2K22 finishes updating. Update pretty quick for us, actually, mm. when we got downloaded it here. And I've been very much enjoying it thus far. It's much more arcadey than previous ones, which is much more my speed. Um, yes, Jade should go 50 and 0. I think what Dan Lambert was looking to do was not to have him win by countouts or like timeout or anything like that. It was, it's the way the Kevin Owens won the NXT title. The guy was no, mm. Sammy was no longer able to compete. So Kevin won the match and therefore won the belt. In the same way that Sky would have won the belt here, Sammy would have, he was unable to compete. On the subject of the inner circle, Tempo1337 said, How could no one have seen this coming from Jericho? Has no one read the lyrics to Judas? Well, you have. They're really bad. <laughs> Cold like December snow. <laughs> the coldest of the snows. 
<laughs> I said I buried that line on a podcast once. It was just after you'd done your music video, and I was like, I've never actually looked at the lyrics, but man, they are dumb. Mm-hmm. And someone defended it by being like, Jericho didn't write the lyrics. That's worse. <laughs> it's worse that Jericho isn't writing his own lyrics. Uh, Damien Gilliam says, This dynamite was exhausting, but in a good way. It kind of felt like the end credits of a movie that's setting up a sequel. So many things <laughs> set in motion. Everyone was elevated, and it felt nice to hear William Weagle speak, and Sammy is freaking mental. Also, The Batman is one of my favorite movies, and that's not just me being in the honeymoon phase still. It has that rare, lingering effect, like I still feel the emotion deep in the pit of me. Pure brilliance and a masterstroke of filmmaking, 11 out of 10. Right there with you on The Batman, Damien. Don't I keep talking about it? You do indeed, yeah. In fact, you're giving your review of it on Cineworld tomorrow, in fact. A deep and in-depth review, it will almost say. Um, yeah, I love the thing. It felt like the end credits of a movie setting up the next one. It reminds me of a tweet I saw recently that said, like, as film fans and Marvel fans, we have now conditioned ourselves to sit through 20 minutes of credits just so a character can come up and be like, hi, my name's Blort. And we go, <laughs> yeah! Blort! <laughs> Charles Berg, Jeff dancing to his theme while his brother is getting beaten up could be the funniest thing in wrestling this year. Seeing William Regal get emotional gets me emotional. Sky winning is smart because people think Wardlow is going to win. He won't because Max. Scott Mitchell, this show is full of exciting ideas, but just me or did the execution of a lot of angles feel pretty clunky? Maybe they were running more over time than usual or didn't have the runtime through, uh, through everything properly after a huge revolution weekend. Yeah, it felt clunky to me too, Scott. Kevin, I love AEW, but I've been saying for months now their shows feel way too rushed. Jericho turning on LAX, but Excalibur is talking about Punk's match with MJF. FTR fired Tully, but we need to get to the AHFO stuff. I think letting Blings breathe is better. I agree on that. Opinionated movies. Dynamite has no right to be this poor this week. Don't understand how you can have such a great roster and still turn out a show this mediocre. Maybe TK needs to hand over the Booker's pencil. Oh, wow. I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I think Tony Khan just needs to focus and maybe get someone else on board to help him with other projects. That's what I would say as well. Like, I don't think, I would never have said that this was mediocre. Jester's Design, champion Luke DAD, the best smile in WrestleTalk. That's a very kind thing to say. And two of my favorite wrestlers will be on Rampage this week Swerve and Keith. P.S. Luke, start a faction. Jam that jam. I don't need to. Uh, faction i've already got my best friends as my tag partner uh bobby g hey lads been a while hope all is well what a great night of wrestling as stories go also so happy to see some things come to an end hfo being dismantled thank goodness it hasn't really though has it they are still a faction yeah. without matt uh the pinnacle possibly with tally out wardo leave but sad no women builds i mean they did build off the Red Velvet and the uh, Layla Hirsch feud and Thunder Rosa going for the title next week. So I can't see, there's no no women's mm-hmm. build. Still only one match. Uh, Riot DR, Ollie, to explain Sting and Darby, if Two-Face was about to kill the Penguin, Batman would save him. Yeah, well, yeah, but I don't, they weren't going to kill him. They would beat him up. Yeah, but I, I don't think that Okay. Uh, random side note. Uh, at least when AEW break up a faction or team, they seem to replace it with two more. Where is Hybrid 2? Love you 3005. Continue to jam that jam. It's like the bloody Hydra, isn't it? <laughs> 
coming off to come back. Ten Rosa, for those of us who don't have to watch WWE, the case for another hour to Rampage grows more and more. Put Rampage on a better hour to spread it all, all the story content out. Also, Tempest didn't know you were making music oh, all your life. Bravo, lad. He huh. he. Um, I mean, it's very hard to just write down and say, like, put it on a better hour. It's not AEW's choice to put it on at, at 10 p.m. No, they're, they're saying give them another hour. So a two-hour rampage. I'll put it on a better hour. Sorry, I do apologize. I thought you were saying put it on, just put it on a better hour. I think just limit the stories. I don't think limit but the to, But to do that is to say, like, well, then you don't get storylines for a while. And then you have the criticisms of where's this person, where's that person. Yeah, well, then you have to cycle people out accordingly. I mean, I very much agree with that. I'm just I'm yeah. playing devil's advocate. Will Campbell. Hey, guys, pretty solid episode last night, even if it wasn't perfect. I just about jumped through my ceiling when Jeff came out mm. for the save, even if it took a pit, even if he took a pit stop to dance for a sec. Also, Regal and Eddie's promos were absolutely top tier. Jam that jam. Uh, do you want to continue on with these? And I'll read out the Ollie Hayes <coughs> AEW ones. Falling Downer. A lot happened quickly last night, but I still had a blast. I love that Jericho built a new faction with a name that suits what he always wanted the inner circle to be. Regal legit brought a tear to my eye. Cole is captivating, and Wardlow is going to kill Scorpio Sky. Chris Dudley. Why is it every time I see Darby and Sting, I see Jesse and Walter White from Breaking Bad? I haven't seen a handful of episodes. I know what you mean, Chris. Matt Carney. Point concerning the alpha male, beta male dynamic, WWE being the established alpha has a healthy slew of betas, casual fans following it. But know this, the second it starts to weaken too much, those casual fans will jump ship in great exodus. Uh, I don't really know what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with alpha or beta males. I think what you're talking about is alpha and beta fans. I think it's also worth noting as well that the alpha beta uh, point has, was disproven by the own the person who came up with it in the first place. He realized his research was wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, like the guy who came up with alpha wolves and things like oh. that. He realized later on, he was like, "Oh, I read that totally wrong. There's no such thing as an alpha wolf." What about the big, the bit? What about me? <laughs> yeah. So this whole like alpha and beta thing is on a bit of misinformation. Mm. Hilarious. Bunch of chads. Tamruza. Ollie, we really all love you. Don't forget you biased bastard. Hey, hey. If Batista wants a break for like three to four months, please come and manage Wardlow. Also, Dax tweeting at Bret Hart has made me excited. Really hyped for Double or Nothing already. Athena for Jade. Well, yeah, that was... I mean, I had Athena down for the Jade Cargill... Sorry, um, not Jade Cargill, sorry. Hikaru Shida, just Serena Deeb feud as part of the, uh, the rookie challenge. Mm. Legit underboss. Dax Harwood mentioned his daughter. Tully Blanchard tried to do practically the same thing and ended up being fired. Also, the Gentleman versus Jurassic Express at the Battle of the Belts 2 in April, please. Be hmm. a good time for it. Battle of the Belts 2, I forgot about that. Kid Phantom V3. Two things. I enjoyed the Jeff Pop with the Team Extreme song as a tag team that's good, but as a single, I think one of his TNA songs should be his theme. Second thing, for Wardlow, his phrase should have been, This is Wardlow's War Zone, or something similar. Don't mind that. Actually, that's pretty good. Um, also, Kid Phantom version 3, it's nice to see Jeff Hardy uh, sending in a message under a pseudonym. <laughs> I, think so. I think they should use one of my songs. <laughs> Trenton Brown. Since Ollie's become WrestleTalk's Cody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How long before he gets a knack tattoo? On a serious note, this is my first Dynamite since TK's big swole tweet. And while the show threw a lot of stuff at me, I didn't mind it and kept me engaged. Uh, for 80% of it. 
Matt Carney, WWE is the Roman Empire and AEW are the dispirited Germanic tribes which have come together in their mutual hatred for said empire. Soon the Vikings will take Europe. But remember the saying, what has the empire ever done for us? WWE built the roads. Is that the same person who talked about Alpha stuff? It is, yeah. We're then throwing in some like Monty Python references at the end there. Sure, Matt. I don't I don't know what what overall point you're trying to make. <laughs> Amrose. He's, he's listened to some podcasts recently. Yeah. He's read a book. <laughs> Watch out. Bloody book readers coming in. I've, I've been reading books. <laughs> Amro, I always post polls of AEW and WWE matches on my Instagram page, and when I entered the workhorseman name, it got cut off at whore, so it read workhorseman. <laughs> Talis P, do you think that AEW game footage is real, or are we getting worked like the SmackDown just bring an intro? Uh, of the footage I've seen, yeah, I think so. Isn't it like, but not in-game footage? Oh, have they got that kind of video? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we don't know, I'm afraid, Talis. Here we go. On the subject of Ollie hates AEW. Kevin says, I can't watch live because of work, but please stay respectful in the chat. It's okay to disagree. Just don't be dicks about the fact that Ollie hates AEW confirmed. Send of a Wookiee. I get that you want to compare AEW to itself, but you have to realize things can be less than God tier and still be awesome. Every single segment furthered an existing storyline or created a new one. Wardlow's first promo ever wasn't Kingston, but it's still good. So I've explained my reasons for why I disagree with you. Um, yeah, I, I, things can be less than God tier and still be awesome. That's why I loved half of this show. Mark says, I know the show had a lot of angles, but I really enjoyed that AEW embraces doing these big reset episodes after each pay-per-view. They're what the Raw after Manias used to be. Every segment set up and gave direction for the angles going forward. I agree with with the idea of big resets. J.S. Wooten, Ollie wilding out about AEW. Who knew that Ollie's hair would be the neck tattoo of AEW's reviews? Ranking an AEW show, AEW show this load in a world where Raw and SmackDown happen will never not be weird. Luke, thank you for being a ray of sunshine. DAD power for life. Mellow S says, Ollie went from being an anti-WW to anti-AEW. So I guess Ollie is now being paid by Vince. Jokes aside, thanks for all the work you do. It's much appreciated. It doesn't say Tony Khan. <laughs> the bad one, Jambeard. Ollie, are you okay, mate? Do you need a breather? This is like when you said you hated Hangman because he became champion. <laughs> the vote of no confidence, is, and that is how Jeff debuts, was something people saw coming weeks ago. I'm not saying it wasn't predictable. I'm saying it's, it's lame. Phil Craggs. Hey guys, first time Ultra Chatter here. Thanks for everything you do, except for Ollie's unfettered hatred of everything Bryce Remsburg does, which made oh. me notice him so much more during his match officiates. I like Bryce Remsburg. I just he just needs to tone it down a bit. With the one <laughs> Okay, I like it. Fran Chile. To be fair, Jeff dancing to his song before saving Matt is one of the most Jeff Hardy things he could have possibly done. I think Ollie needs to review a few episodes of 2.0 so he can cleanse his palate when it comes to reviews. Why don't you like what I like, Ollie? Jeez. <laughs> I the more I think about it, the more I just do just love Jeff dancing on the way down to the ring. Shannon Smith. Ollie, it's not the criticism, it's the overreactions for me. Saying Keith is lost in the shuffle, a new ICW buzzword, is false. He just debuted before a pay-per-view, can't be put in a story that ends at the pay-per-view, and come in and be in a good spot for that pay-per-view, that's it. I would wait to bring him in until I've got something really substantial for him to do. It's feeding with Team Taz. Okay, well look, 
Let's see where we are in six months. Yeah, I think that is a much fairer argument to be made. Travis Griffin, love the show. Like, if you'd have said it about Jay Lethal, completely agree with you. Tony Nese, completely agree with you. I don't. I think it's very. I think it is a reaction to say that Keith Lee has lost in the shuffle this early. Uh, Travis Griffin, and by the way, if he is, this doesn't make you. Doesn't mean you're right now. Doesn't mean you're. (laughs) Travis Griffin, love the show, but I agree with Ollie. I compare this to a great sitcom with a lackluster episode. Still great, but not their best work. Bruce Fullis Tyrannosaurus. I've been a diehard AEW guy from day one. I've only become more so over the years. So it hurts me to say I agree with that dirty Tory Ollie about Dynamite last night. It seemed incredibly random and so much of it was rushed and shoehorned. Dean Barretton. When did Jim Cornette join WrestleTalk? <laughs> agree with Ollie though, the last hour. Few crowbar plot moves for me. Wardlow's World sounds like a theme park in the Midlands. Loved seeing William Regal. Four out of five. Oh, this Ollie hates AEW section sure has a lot of support for Ollie. Uh, And lastly here, Nick says, just want to say thank you guys for making me laugh in these dark times. Been a little disappointed in how quiet the wrestling community has been about the war in Ukraine, but I did always appreciate taking a break with WrestleTalk, F Putin, Slava Ukraini. I don't know if I said that right. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, We support Ukraine. Of course. We are a wrestling channel. We try to stay out of anything like that. Uh, but yes, thank you for joining us here today. It's a long one, but that's what happens when you book a year's worth of TV in an hour. Oh, so it's now a year's worth. Yes, <laughs> someone said I overreacted somewhere. I'm going to double down on the overreactions. Ollie, uh, WWE has tainted Ollie's minds. I vote for Ollie to review NXT shows. Where's CM Punk? He's getting lost in the shuffle as well. I haven't seen MJF this episode. Another example of AEW's bloated roster. What's going on with Adam Cole? Got some body issues, do you? <laughs> I gave it three and a half out of five. All right, dude, this is what happened when I was... You remember when I was reviewing SmackDown and it was everyone's favourite show because it was much better than Raw? And I'm like, the show's just okay. And everyone had a pop at me for hating SmackDown. <clears throat> this is what it was like. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us here today. Please do go check out our wonderful sponsor, BetterHelp. The link's in the video description below. Got an email I was going to read. Uh, this comes in from Katie. It says, Hi, Luke and Ollie. I attended the 2021 All Out Fan Fest. I thought I'd share a story with you. Uh, what I saw given how much things have changed with Wardlow over the last seven months. Format was, I'd assume, is standard for a fan fest, where they broke off into time slots, into meet and greets that were included with admission and those that are available for additional cost. The morning meet and greets and add-on options were Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Sheeta, Christian Cage, Varsity Blondes and Julia Hart, Wardlow. The three that were already included in the ticket were the acclaimed Top Flight and Jamie Hayter. The lines were pretty hectic, packed with people and snarking, uh, sneaking around the room and crossing over each other, all except for Wardlow's lines. We spent the entire time slot waiting to meet the acclaimed in the queue next to Wardlow and were surprised to see very few people had purchased his meet and greets. We spent a good amount of time, he spent a good amount of time on his phone waiting, but when he did have fans to talk with, he looked like he was genuinely engaging with them and taking time to chat, uh, taking time to chat, and we felt bad that he wasn't drawing the same as the others. 
It warms my heart to see the fans rallying behind him now, chanting his name like Goldberg, ready to get behind his singles run. The work he's put in getting over has been really cool to see gain momentum, and I'm happy to see the groundswell of support over the last seven months since All Out. I should also note that AEW wrestlers were only the second coolest gr uh, group of people we got to meet, as were, there was also Tempest, SRS, and Denise that weekend, and they were all delightful. Jam that jam, Katie. Oh, poor Wardlow. I know. They need to put that in the promo. Yeah, right? You know, but this time last August, I was sitting in, in my meet and greet and there was no one there. I was on my phone doing Wordle. And that's because of you, Max. Oh, you're I, saying... You're working into the feud somehow. Like, you can say whatever you want mm -hmm. and then you can say, because of you, MJF. Sorry, I thought that was an email for us, but it's actually for Tempest and Pete. Uh, and there's one... They have got an email that I'm going to read out, but I'm going to read out on the show. Okay. Because um, I thought it was it was timely to the show. Um, how is your weekend shaping up? Uh, oh, I'm I'm doing nothing. I've got a... a I had a hectic weekend last weekend. Well, you the certainly did. God, st still, what a day. I keep looking back at Sunday where I saw the Batman and then we came here to do AEW Revolution. Hot oh, damn. It's like content wise, the best day of my life. And I'm very grateful for that. I always thought NXT TakeOver London straight into Star Wars The Force Awakens. That was going to be the peak of my life. But it was it was Sunday. Yeah. And you didn't even go to the show live. Which show? The Revolution. The Re oh, right. Yeah. But we were, we were here. Yeah, we were but here. yeah, that would that would have been the only thing that could have made it better, I think. Wow. I did tell Pete about how you and I were two hours early for the stream mm -hmm. starting on Sunday. And we still managed to set the stream up with 90 seconds before <laughs> we went live because we just spent quite a bit of time chatting and playing speedrunners. Well, we, we're, we're old hats at this. We don't yeah, need... It's Pete, Pete's like, I need to set up everything three days in advance. Yeah, Pete was talking about not going to the pub today because, like, what if Vinny messages me about draft day? I know, yeah, because he's, he's stressed about this really big thing he's really invested in making good. It's my show! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, should we um, should we wrap this up? Sure. Got no other emails to read out. Support at resttalk.com. Send us an email if you do want to get in touch. Oh, I um, I took my kids swimming. <gasps> I saw the picture. Yeah, and it was very, very adorable. She was a bit unsure about mm. water, but she didn't cry, so I think that's the main thing. But uh, while I was away on holiday, I was doing a lot of putting the kid down for a nap, which I've done quite a bit of anyway, like to help um, my wife out and things like that. But I was doing a lot more because I was there, like, you know, the whole week. Why, why is that? Sorry. Why is that a big deal? Don't you just put them down? Is it is it more involved? You have got to sort of like soothe them to sleep. Like she oh. is someone who doesn't fall asleep naturally because while she does have melatonin in her system now, she doesn't fully understand what that is and how you how that attributes you to falling mm -hmm. asleep. She hasn't quite worked out what le uh, <clears throat> linking sleep cycles. So you have to sort of walk around with her like on your shoulder okay. and you jostle her about a little bit and then eventually she falls asleep and when she goes deep enough, you can then lay her down in the cot and... But you still got to maintain because she'll be used to like your body weight, your body heat, and like your the feel of your hands and stuff. So as soon as you start to just, like move your hands away, she's like, "Oh, what's going on?" So it's a whole thing. Yeah, there was a period of time when we used to like pat her sides, mm -hmm. and that would like keep her asleep. But she worked out what we were doing, <laughs> so she now pushes our hands away when we try it. She's like the Borg. She she's is, adapted. She is adapting. And so, so how long would that process be now? So I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the baby gonna, but, for a nap. Okay, so uh, at best, probably about a 10 minute process, and then she'll like nap for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. At worst, like when it was on holiday, it took me like an hour. Oh wow! 
um and she just she would not nap but what it was starting to make me laugh is that my kid naps like the rock cell sleepers yes well, like what the the last minute kick out? Yeah. So she will like you, you watch her hands like do the up, and then they'll slowly just fall down, <laughs> <laughs> and then after then she'll simply go like like that just before the three yeah, counts, yeah. and then just slowly fall down again, <gasps> and wake back up, and then there it finally is. Get there it. it is. Oh, that's beautiful. What an image. <laughs> Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I will see you tomorrow, just me on my own, with Thunder Rosa on the A on the uh, the Wrestle Talk podcast. Excellent wow. times. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.